Hi everyone, my name is Alex Klufus and this is Modern Working Women. Each week I interview a different woman about themselves and their careers. This week on the podcast, I interview Liz Arego, an inspiring woman who reminds us that creating stories and sharing them with the world is one of the most important things. Welcome to Modern Working Women. everyone and welcome to the Modern Working Women podcast. This week I have Liz Arego. Um, she is actually her own boss working as a marketing consultant helping people tell their own stories. Welcome to the podcast Liz. Thank you Alex. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah of course. Um, first just start off telling me a little bit about yourself. Sure well my name is um, Elizabeth Arrigo, and I'm happy to be here. And really, in all the chapters of uh, my career, I've really been uh, a storyteller who takes complex subjects and tries to present them in a compelling way. So most recently, that means I'm a marketing consultant based in Boston, and I'm helping business owners define their brand story and make sure they're clearly communicating that message in all sorts of ways, through their websites, social media, speeches, you know, you name it. And um, before that, I was in the electric power industry for nine years working in B2B marketing, and I was figuring out how to take engineering speak and turn that into approachable content. And before that, (laughs) I was in journalism, uh, primarily broadcast news, where I was working as a producer, a writer and reporter, and I was also the movie critic. And uh, I really had a soft spot for community and business profiles, and I enjoyed uh, highlighting creative people and unique places around New England. You know, so for me, the, the through thread in my career has primarily been writing and finding that nugget of a story, interviewing experts, you know, encapsulating that message and sharing it with the right audience. Going back to the, the start of your career, you said you graduated from BU with a degree in journalism, um, but what did you want to do? But what did you want to be doing right when you graduated from college? Sure. So what I uh, wanted to be was an arts and culture reporter, and uh, that you know that was the path that I that I started on. You know, getting my degree in broadcast journalism, and I got my first professional job working the overnight shift at the NBC station in Boston, uh, writing the morning news. And, um, you know, I had previously interned with the station's entertainment reporter during college. And so I was thrilled to get, you know, um, a a real job there. Now, of course, uh, I was not really cut out for the night shift. It was a great first job to experience, you know, the world of working in broadcast news. But after about a year, I I really needed the daytime. Um, and so I had, a, you know, an informational interview at an NBC station in, in Providence. And when an associate producer spot uh, in the daytime opened up, you know, they called me and, you know, I took the gig and um, I worked there for about four years and eventually managed to work my way on camera as a reporter, which was cool. Um, you know, I had been doing online movie reviews. And um, at the time, I think I panned the Da Vinci Code. And one of the show producers, wanted to run my movie review in her newscast. And uh, she asked the news director in front of the entire newsroom. And the next thing you know, I'm on television. (laughs) 
Um, so the movie reviews became, you know, a weekly segment. And soon after that, I started getting uh, general assignment reporting shifts. Um, and so it kind of seemed like, you know, my dream was coming true, because in a way it was. But um, eventually I left TV. I was in TV, I think, for a total of about um, five years. Um, it was a tough time to be in broadcast news. Not sure how much better it's gotten. Um, but, you know, few stations were investing in arts reporting, which is really where, you know, my heart was. And it really kind of seemed like I was never going to be making enough money to move out of my parents' house. So I was kind of frustrated with that, too. Um, of course, this was in 2008, which in hindsight was not the best time to quit a job, but it's what I did. Uh, and then the economy tanked and then I was out of work for a while. And, uh, you know, that's what led me to the strange and exciting world of the electric power industry. Wait, you said you did online movie reviews. Uh, can you can you tell me a little bit more about that? Sure. So the uh, online movie reviews, uh, basically, it was, you know, I would do, um, you know, like a minute and a half movie review. And, you know, I would um, produce it, edit it, voice it. And um, we were posting it on the station's website. And so it was part of the, you know, the whole like digital media approach that the station was taking at the time. So remember, this is like, 2005. So we were, we were really cutting edge. Um, and uh, it was great. And because I'd previously worked with uh, an entertainment reporter when I was an intern in college, I had gotten, you know, some really great experience um, figuring out how to um, like be an arts reporter and like find my own voice and tell the, tell the story. And uh, that was really great experience because not only was I working with the entertainment reporter, I was also working with her producer. So by the time my internship ended, I was producing the 4.30 entertainment news segment, which was, you know, also really great. And so I got to pull that in that, you know, experience into um, my professional job. This is the the last question I have for the the first part of your career. Um, yeah, sure. What was your favorite story you covered? And uh, oh, what was the wildest story you covered? Oh, man. Gosh. Well, those are those are the favorite and the wildest are like very different. But I would say one of my um, one of my favorite moments was the first time a story that I produced got on air. Um, so I was doing a story about uh, this. It was a you know like a, a human interest community story about this uh, Gothic cathedral that had this beautiful um, organ in the church. And what was so wonderful about the story is that we just used the voices of the people that we interviewed um, and the music from the organ to tell the story. So there was no reporter track. There was no one narrating the story for you. It was just the people uh, we were interviewing telling the story and. Um, that was kind of my favorite type of story to produce, especially at the time because I wasn't on air. So I was like, well, this is how I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, and when the anchor, you know, read my name saying, you know, the story is produced by Liz Arrego and, you know, the first chords of the organ music started playing, I, I almost cried. It was just like this moment of like, yes, I've done this. And the story was beautiful and I was really happy with it. And it just kind of, you know, set me on a path to try to try to tell wonderful stories in a creative, thoughtful way. And uh, a lot of it was, you know, removing myself from the story, which 
I felt more comfortable doing, which is probably also why I wasn't cut out for TV news because I liked keeping myself out of, um, out of, out of the narration as much as possible, out of the shot as much as possible, which is kind of the exact opposite of a lot of what you might see on television. So, um, not everyone, not everyone, uh, tries to force themselves into the story. I'm sorry, but, um, it just really was a wonderful moment. And I was, I was really uh, proud and I'll always remember that feeling, you know, in a similar way, it was when my movie review got on the air, it got this like, Oh my God, is this actually happening? Because when, you know, you, when you work for, when, you know, when you work for a dream and like something, you know, it actually comes to fruition. You're like, Oh my goodness, that happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I definitely understand what you're talking about. You have that, that product you can finally show off the, the ability to be like, oh, I, I created that. Yeah, ex- exactly. And I mean, you know, similarly, I, I, I wonder if you feel the same way, you know, with your, your podcast, you're like, look, I worked on something and now I get to share it with you. And it's, it's the sharing of it that I don't think a lot of people necessarily have in, in different careers. So when you get to create something that you can share, there's, you know, there's a bit of like, uh, fear and vulnerability and pride and all sorts of mixed emotions, but it, it it's really nice to um, have that opportunity to just like feel all those feelings. Yeah. Do you have any advice for someone who say has something that ultimately like whatever idea they have is going to be something that they put out into the real world and will create that vulnerable space of them or something that they create? Like what advice would you give someone who's kind of in the starting out stages of creating something new? Oh, take a deep breath. (laughs) Uh, Always remember to breathe and always remember there will always, always, always be critics. Um, Something that's good to remember is no matter what you're creating, you know, it's not for everyone. What you're creating will have an audience and if you know your audience, you have to speak to that audience. And in so many ways, you know, you're going to, you know, people will find you who don't like you or don't like what you're putting out there. And it takes, it takes a little practice of, of getting used to that. Because I think that was one of the, the things that was really unexpected for me when I was in, in TV news, people would criticize the strangest things. And I mean, I was, you know, I was, I was new, I wasn't always great. Um, and, you know, they, people were criticizing my voice, they were criticizing my hair. Um, you know, it was, it was strange. And I was like, yeah, but do you like the story? <laughs> um, and so it's, it's hard not to take that uh, criticism to heart, but don't give it more weight than it should have because um, valid criticism has a place and, um, you know, um, mean commentary doesn't. So I don't know if that's super helpful, but it's something that um, it's, it's something that you need to be prepared for. Um, But as long as you're proud of what you're putting out there and it's finding resonance, then you're doing the right thing. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's that's really helpful because it's kind of just also reiterating kind of at least what I've been hearing, especially starting this podcast or trying other things. People are like, just just go and, and do it, you know, just just give it a shot. That's kind of like the, the biggest hurdle, one of the biggest hurdles you're going to hit. Oh, without without a doubt. And I think um, I think that's some like some of the best advice that you can um, you can hear over and over and over is don't like don't be afraid to try. Don't be afraid to try. And don't be afraid to fail because I think, you know, a lot of times we have this notion in our head that, you know, failure is the end of the world. But, you know, sometimes, you know, 
what's the worst thing that happens? Like, you know, a, like one show doesn't resonate as much, or you don't have as many listeners as you want, or, you know, you don't get the promotion that you want. If you don't try it, it'll never happen. And just kind of letting, letting go of that feeling of, um, of potentially failing gives you the opportunity to have so much more success. And that's a, there are a lot of mental gymnastics involved in trying something new. And I think some of us, you know, are more equipped than others. You know, I'm an, I'm, I'm a complete introvert. So the narrative inside my head is not the nicest sometimes either. Um, and overcoming that for me is, uh, is a bit of a challenge, but I remind myself that it's worth it in the long run because I love creating and I love sharing. That, that was great to hear about your early career at NBC. Beyond that, obviously, you didn't stay in journalism forever. Um, and you took a big transition to the power industry. And you were actually for like 10, almost 10 years, like eight to 10 years. Um, can you tell me a little bit about your experience working in the power industry and, and what that was like and also transitioning from switching from different types of careers? Sure. So, um you know, going to work in the power industry, it was not, you know, this dream that I had from, you know, a little child, but it was the opportunity that came to me when um, I needed an opportunity most. So a friend had reached out and said, you know, the, the president of the, of their company was looking for an assistant and that she knew it wasn't what I was really looking for, but that it was something. And really at that moment, all I wanted was a job because, you know, I'd left journalism at um, a bad time in the you know economy, so I was just kind of looking for something so I could um, get back into um, working, um, and you know it just so happened to be in the power industry, which of course I knew nothing about, but you know it really ended up working out since I stayed there for uh, nine years, and you know I started as an assistant and I worked my way up. And by the time I left, I was the director of marketing communications. So I'd say that was a pretty good run. Um, the transition um, was at least just interesting because, you know, coming from journalism, I was so used to, you know, the deadline being, you know, the six o'clock news, the five o'clock news, you know, the deadline was always that day. And switching over to the corporate world, honestly, my first uh, hurdle was understanding that everything didn't need to be done within this like two hour window in enough time to, you know, for someone to review it and for it to go live. So knowing that I had like time to work on a project was, it was, uh, it was, it was funny and kind of fascinating for my brain to say like, Oh, I can think about this. I can spend a little more time. And so that was, that was kind of amusing, but you know, it was a, it was a big change from, um, from that. But what was really great is that I got to take a lot of my uh, previous experience, previous experience and apply it because I was working in marketing. And so I took the, you know, the, the interviewing skills, the writing skills, you know, the, the storytelling and really applied it to what I was doing at this company. And, you know, I really had the privilege of working with some of the most intelligent people that I've ever met. And I learned, I learned a ridiculous amount about things that I had previously like never even considered like power transformers, generators, you know, the electric grid. And, you know, I got to take deep dives into cybersecurity and data protection and stuff that, you know, from the outside, I was like, Oh God, this is going to be so dry. When I was in it, I was like, Oh my God, this is fascinating. There's so much we can do. You know, we can do these interviews. We're going to write these eBooks. We're going to do these different, uh, you know, webinars and, um, it was it was cool to to 
to dive into something and kind of take a, um, a deeper look at things. Cause that was something that I didn't have the opportunity to explore, um, you know, as an associate producer or as a general assignment reporter, you know, I didn't have the, uh, the gift of, um, time to invest in a long-term project. Um, and so that was, that was pretty, pretty cool. And, you know, and in that time that I was in the, the power industry, I also, um, you know, I, I uh, eventually became a manager and, you know, I had a, a team reporting to me and I really learned how to manage people, which was not a skill that I really needed before or had the experience to uh, or the opportunity to experience. And I mean, I was definitely not great <laughs> at the beginning, but, you know, over time I learned, I learned a lot and I really loved seeing my employees succeed. And, you know, one of my favorite moments was when um, at the end of a weekly check-in meeting, one of my employees asked uh, if she could have a separate meeting to talk about her career. And, you know, she took the initiative. And so we scheduled, we started scheduling a series of, of meetings just to focus on, on her, you know, her career path, uh, what type of training she should take, what conferences she should attend, what she learned at those conferences, and, you know, what uh, initiatives she could lead, um, you know, in her role so she could grow in that position. And I absolutely loved that because, you know, maybe eventually I would have gotten there with her to schedule those meetings, but, you know, she took the initiative. And so it, um, you know, it reminded me of what my role also was as a manager. It wasn't just, you know, getting stuff done. It was helping that person uh, succeed and grow and give them that opportunity. And so that was really, that was really great. So you said you worked your way up from um, like executive assistant to director of marketing communications. Um, when you were mm -hmm. making that climb, was it like, how did you do that climb? Was it more like the connections you knew, asking for what you wanted, the mentors you had? Can you just talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Of course. So I started as the assistant to the president. And what was nice about when I got hired is that, you know, the president said, you know, you have all this journalism experience, I want you to eventually move into marketing. So he, he saw that. And uh, because I knew he saw that as my path, I had less qualms about taking the job. Uh, because I saw that as a more logical approach for myself. And, um, and so that transition started, you know, I think within the first year. And then um, the company didn't have a lot of marketing. So I was one of very few people in the marketing team. And so it almost became uh, because I was there. <laughs> more responsibility got uh, handed to me. And um, I started taking on larger projects and, uh, sh you know, showing what marketing could mean at the company, because uh, the company was doing a lot of like print advertising and not a lot of more progressive marketing. And so my job I saw was to kind of bring more um, updated ideas to the company. And as I got to do that, and as people in different departments started coming to me as, you know, a resource, um, my star kind of rose in the department. Um, and so eventually I just, I, I worked my way up and it was, it was uh, not something that I necessarily sought, but when it came to me, I was like, all right, this is the opportunity and I'm going to take it because there's a lot of stuff that I can do. And, um, you know, it was kind of, 
kind of fun. <laughs> well, that's good when, when, when the jobs are fun to you as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not, you know, um, <laughs> uh, you know, my, I really loved, um, I, I loved the vibe that I had with my team and the sales team that we worked with. We just had a really great camaraderie. And I feel like you don't often have that. And so when you have that, it's kind of like this like magic meld of people who are just, you know, getting stuff done and doing creative things. And it's this really kind of comfortable environment where you can, you know, share ideas and, um, and, and try to make an impact. And, you know, that was a, a that was a really great, uh, place, you know, that, that little like marketing sales ops world that we were like, all right, how are we going to make, how are we going to make change happen? And, you know, we weren't always successful in getting the rest of the company to get on board, but, you know, we were, we were trying to propel the company forward. And if you have a chance to make that kind of impact, I think it's pretty great. Cause I, I feel like, you know, so often you might find yourself in a place where you're just like, oh man, I'm just a cog in a wheel or cog in a system. And I'm just not, you know, I'm not making an impact. And when you like get that opportunity to actually make change happen, it's really inspiring to keep going because, you know, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like the hours weren't long and that I wasn't, you know, exhausted and um, probably doing too much work, but some of the work that I was doing, I was just really proud of. And it was really, uh, it was really cool to see, you know, everyone get into it. Um, what were some of the more difficult parts of working in more of a, a male dominated industry? Sure. So, um, I mean, the main thing is, is that it is a male dominated industry and it really wasn't out of the ordinary to be, you know, the only woman or or one of a few women in a a room of men. And, you know, I know that the power industry isn't the only field where that's the case, but it's certainly interesting to experience. And uh, most of my friends were in fields that uh, were the complete opposite of, of this. You know, they're in the arts their teachers, you know, and, you know, more female dominated fields. And they didn't have a lot of advice for me for, for navigating uh, this, this world that I was working in. And um, in fact, that's what propelled me to join uh, some women's networking groups. And um, I found that really, really, really helpful. So I joined a group called Elevate, and then also a group called she geeks out, which are two very different uh, groups, but they're they're networks of women supporting women, and I really love that and kind of needed that outside of my my day to day role. And um, for anyone who wants to know, you know, Elevate is geared towards women in business, and She Geeks Out is uh, more focused on women in uh, technology and technology adjacent careers. And what was great is that they kind of helped me get out of my, my power industry bubble and to get some um, unbiased career advice and to learn how to start building a network, which I'd really avoided doing earlier in my career. You know, I think I mentioned I'm, I'm really, I'm an introvert hiding in extrovert's clothing. Uh, so, you know, if I can go to a networking event without knowing a soul, you know, you can too. <laughs> um, and, and that was, uh, that was really helpful as I was kind of trying to transition uh, from one career to another and just, you know, just thinking about, you know, what did I, what did I want to do next? You know, how much longer did I want to stay um, in this industry, you know, I, I'd done, I'd done a lot of work and I made a lot of change, but you know, what was next for me and, you know, going 
to these different networking events and talking to to women in these different groups. I could see, you know, what they were doing, what else was out there and, you know, the world of possibility kind of uh, opened up for me. And, and from that, is that how you decided to take your, your next career step? That is. So, um, I, you know, decided to take a few months off after I left the power industry, you know, and I did some, um, did some travel, did some thinking and I decided, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to start my, my own thing. And so right now, um, I'm focusing on helping small business owners try to hone their marketing messages. And, um, what I'm finding is usually, um, my clients seek me out when they're ready to make a change in their business. So for example, I have one client who, uh, is a career coach and she's taking her business international. So that's a big, uh, step change in her business. And so I'm helping her get to that point. And, um, what's funny is I didn't, I didn't primarily, I didn't intend to primarily focus on, uh, female owned businesses, but that's just how it's worked out so far. And, uh, I I don't know if it's like an unconscious, uh, reaction to working in a male dominated industry for so long, but it's just how I've kind of, uh, uh, found my path going right now. And, uh, it's certainly been interesting. So, so can you tell me what's the best part about starting your own company or like what's the most fulfilling thing for you? So, uh, the best part of really any day is when a client will share her moment of success with me. Sometimes it's just, you know, like an email, a text, a phone call just to say, you know, guess what? This went great. And sometimes it's not even a project that I worked on, but it was just something that, <clears throat> excuse me, but it was just something that um, I knew about. And that celebration of success is so joyous and inspiring. And I mean, I'm, I'm learning that, you know, it, it's definitely difficult to run your own business. And a lot of my clients are doing things either on their own or, you know, with a, with a small staff. And so I love being an extension of their team and being a person who supports and encourages them. And, you know, the other day I was, you know, walking a client through, um, some logo designs for her new business. And as we're going through the designs, I was just so happy because she was so excited that a dream that she has had, you know, for her and for her business was coming true. And she could visually see it coming together right in front of her eyes. And being able to share in that is really, really wonderful. It's really heartwarming. Um, you know, business business can be tough, business can be hard, but there are these moments where of like pure pride and pure joy that, you know, I have the the honor of sharing with people. I'm very mushy. <laughs> Yeah, you sound really enthusiastic about what you do, about your clients and like everything that you're working on. Um, But you also mentioned there are some difficulties in running a business. Can you touch upon those, whether it's it's like things from your clients that you've seen or your own experience? Sure. So, I mean, when (laughs) if you're starting a business and um it's just you, which I'm assuming, you know, that's how many people will be starting their business. It's all, it's all on you. Um, You know, when you have a corporate job, I think there's uh, this illusion of security, you know, you have this illusion of security through the consistent paycheck, through consistent work, consistent health insurance. But you know, when it's your own business, that's all on you. And if you're not careful, the pressure of that can really 
get to you. So you have to be very methodical and very organized about how you're going to tackle these very um, practical things about your business. You know, are you going to be a sole proprietor? Are you going to be an LLC? Are you going to have a bookkeeper? Um, and, you know, like for me, I, I focus on words. So for me to focus on accounting is not a good use of my time. And then in the beginning, it's, you know, it's hard to just to acknowledge the fact that, you know, your business is big enough to like warrant, you know, you paying for something. But if you don't free yourself up to do the work that you actually are meant to do, you'll always be stuck. So like, so like for me, it's, you know, like um, either automating accounting or getting a bookkeeper or something like that is important to invest in because if I'm spending my time doing um, invoices, I'm not spending my time writing and helping my clients. And so it's worth the money so I don't have to focus on something that is not my forte. And finding that consistent balance as you get bigger and as you grow is really important. So I think setting that structure in the beginning is really key because, you know, you might be succeeding and having more work than you expected. And you, you know, were thinking, oh, like in a few months, I'll set all of this up. But if you are suddenly busy, it'll just get swept under the rug. And then suddenly you're overwhelmed. And that's never a good place to be when it's all on your shoulders. So, you know, my goal is, you know, to keep a steady slate of clients, some project based, some on retainer and, you know, do great work for them. And when I focus on that, the other things can fall into place because I, I carefully planned them to fall into place. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not, it's not magic. I, you know, I joke to my client, the clients that I'm like, you know, a magical, magical elf behind the scenes, but it's, you know, there is no magic. It's just lots of, lots of planning, lots of organization, lots of keeping yourself on track. And when you're, um, you know, when you're running your own business, you also have to do your own promotion. So like for myself, it's funny because I'm, you know, I'm the marketing person, you know, or, or the marketing consultant for, for my clients. But I also have to remind myself that some of the, th the same things that I'm doing for them, I also have to do for myself. And it's kind of funny to be like, oh, yeah, huh. And, you know, you know it's just, it's, it's just a, a funny reminder to yourself. Okay, and my final question I love to ask everyone, what advice do you have for your younger self? So I have so much advice for my younger self, but I won't tell you all of it. But um, a few little tips for my younger self. Uh, start meditating today. Get a therapist yesterday. And really don't be afraid to fail. I think I touched on this a little earlier um, you know, I think I wasted a lot of time trying to be perfect at everything that I did. And, you know, it doesn't seem like it's a terrible trait, you know, it's something that you say when you're on an interview and they ask you, you know, like, what's your biggest weakness? You're like, oh, I'm a perfectionist. Um, but when you're trying to grow and challenge yourself, you need to give yourself room to stretch and without creative stretches and, you know, room for, um, professional reaches, you, you know, you, you might stumble and, and that's okay. And you might actually find something more interesting on the other side of that failure or that mistake. And, you know, if you're a boss, I think it's important to make sure you're creating an environment where people feel comfortable sharing these stretch ideas and that you're in a company that encourages creative thinking and, Otherwise, you know, things are going to get pretty boring if we're all afraid to, to try something new. So that's what I would tell my younger self. Meditate, therapy, and don't be afraid to fail. Thank you so much for joining me this week, Liz. Of course. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Modern Working Women. Thank you to my guest this week, Liz Arego, for sharing your advice. Be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Until next time.